Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Let's go! What's going on, everybody? You're listening to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Media. I'm your host, Chet, and I've got Tyler with me, and we got two special guests with us. We've got Rob and Rick from the Brothers Brandt Podcast. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Thanks for having us on, fellas. Doing awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah, glad glad uh, for y'all to join us. Uh, Rob and I kind of linked up in our our belly up secret Slack channel that no one else has access to, yes. and uh, just started talking. So we got to get on a show together and just tell some stories. He's got the the Masters gear behind him. I think I see some waste management. Yes. And uh, Rick must have known we were LSU fans because he's got the LSU uh, pullover on for everybody watching on YouTube. So um, glad we were able to to kind of get on. And you know, we were just talking before the show about. Uh, football games and football stadiums and y'all I mean y'all have gotten into just some crazy stuff if you over there on I think it's on Rob's TikTok that I've seen it where it just yeah. you're telling stories it's crazy so yeah, I mean Rob, if y'all want to Robbie B sports exactly I was looking I was like let me check out this guy's TikTok some of them got millions of views I was like man they're making it big time sneaking into some of these games so you know that's the funny part about all this is uh when we were your guys' age in our early 20s, you know, we, we weren't married. We didn't have any kids. And um, we wanted to go see sporting events. And it all started back in 2013 for us. We uh, loved the movie Field of Dreams. If you guys have ever seen it with Kevin Costner, it's, yep. it's actually our favorite movie of all time. And it's a little corny and cheesy. But uh, when I say corny, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's out in a, a small city called Dyersville, Iowa. The last couple of years, they've partnered with Major League Baseball to have a game out there, which has just been an absolute home run. Again, no pun intended. Right. And I think uh, <laughs> last year they had like nine home runs hit in the game and a walk-off home run won the game. How something. cool is it? Yeah. Just like, like put it scripted and the players came out of the cornfield. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Yeah. So we grew up in New Jersey, and Dyersville, Iowa is about 13 hours away from where we were living. And so we no closer than where we are now. Yeah, just a tad bit, just <laughs> yeah. a tad bit. And we were like, you know, we got to go out there. But we'd be out of our minds to drive 13 straight hours, throw the ball around, and then drive 13 hours back. Like, who does that? So we were like, let's maybe we could stop off and see some sporting events along the way. And so right. – uh, we kind of looked at the schedules and we were just like, what are the main ones on in that route through the Midwest? You got Wrigley Field, you got Lambeau Field, uh, Notre Dame. And so we looked at like early September, which is a great time to do a sports road trip for all your listeners out there. Um, that's the best, at least in our opinion, because you can go see college football at the beginning of the season. Everybody's optimistic. The energy is high. Nobody's out of it yet. And then lost four straight games and you're (laughs) done. So it's only one or two into the season. 
Exactly. And the NFL season's just getting started as well. But then you've also got Major League Baseball postseason push kind of happening, which is a really and the weather during that time of the year is beautiful around the oh, country. Perfect. Perfect. So, so we went online, we found out all the schedules and we did it guys. We did a 10 days trip and saw 10 games each day. Wow. We saw a different game amongst the MLB NFL and college football. And it was an insane trip. We were exhausted by the end of it, but we also had such an incredible time that we said to ourselves, man, we got to do this again. And so every fall, basically we started just like game planning and saving up and, we didn't have a lot of money. We did it on a shoestring budget. And yeah, we didn't say, Rick, let me jump in here real quick. Um, well, for your listeners out there, I'll explain something too about the games that we went to. And that's why we're on this podcast, right? It's not just like we go to a bunch of games and then that's it. And then we move on to other ones. So, right. But, um, you know, we would buy home team swag of all the places that we were going. We'd go on eBay and buy $10 t-shirts and $5 hats from like the 80s or 90s, some of this swag we had. And that was like all we wore. And we just wore the home team swag. And what we would do was we would uh, buy the cheapest tickets we could possibly buy, like 25, 40 buck tickets to things. Some it's like the, the Tigers, Detroit Tigers was like $8 for a ticket. <laughs> and we we would get there really early. And we actually have it down to a science. We would get there really early, early as soon as the gates open, have a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. And we would disregard where our seat was. And we would just get as close as we could to the field for every single sporting event we got onto. Some of them we actually ended up on the field. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, we've never been, knock on wood, kicked out of an event. <laughs> Yeah, they just ask you, oh, excuse me, sir, that's not your seats. So we're going to need you to go back. <laughs> yeah, like, how the hell did you get down here? Is like, right. and, then, and then we tell them actually how we got down there, and then it's hilarious. And they, mm-hmm. more often than not, they find it funny, but they still kick us back to our regular seat. Right. Um, and then uh, going back to the budget thing, you know, we were 23, 24 at the time. So we had a lot of friends, like little brothers that were still in college. So we were like couch surfing at okay. like colleges and like all the different areas we didn't spend a dime on hotels fun fact we've actually never stayed in a hotel on any of our sports road trips wow it's crazy we did i think that might be more impressive than the actual sports road trip we did go into one hotel and that was in st louis but that was just to take a bath in their pool (laughs) (laughs) True story. True story. I wish I was exaggerating, but Rob brought the shampoo. I brought the toothpaste. And at seven o'clock in the morning in a holiday in St. Louis hotel. Man was brushing his teeth in the deep end. Nice. (laughs) nice. I actually heard from a from a a traveling salesman friend of mine said he whenever he's on the road, he doesn't stop at gas stations to use the bathroom. He goes into the like a hotel and just walks in, acts like he's staying there, uses the bathroom in the lobby and walks out. 100%. Nine times out of ten, they're nicer than the gas station yep. bathrooms. So. That's true. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. It's all about it's all about confidence. So I mean, that's what like uh, I was trying to think. I was like, man, where have I snuck into that would even compare to some of these guys' stories? I don't have any many clothes, but last year, you know, I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh, the Houston Rodeo and Cookoff. It's like the World Championship Cookoff thing. Yeah, big big deal in Houston. Big big yep. deal. Oh. I I had never been and I was like, well, let's go. And like we knew some people going. 
And it turns out you had to have tickets to get in. I didn't know that. I showed up at the hotel where everybody was staying, got on like a private shuttle, tipped my cowboy hat to the driver, got in, and they drove us to the back gate. And I just walked in and people were like, paying for tickets. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm out here eating like world-class barbecue, free drinks oh. everywhere. I was like, hey, just exactly. a little bit of confidence. You did takes it. You, a long you way. did it. Congrats. You did it. It right. sounds like you dressed the part, though. And that's a big that's part thing, of yeah. it. Yeah. Cowboy hat gets you far in Houston. <laughs> in Houston. Yeah. yeah, looking looking like you belong and like going back to like how we did all this was, um, you know, showing up early uh, really helps out because you can maneuver around the stadiums uh, and then you can meet people and like, you know, security guards, you can just talk to them and, and right. chop it up and stuff because they're kind of relaxed compared to like when 80,000 people are in there and they're, definitely, you know, heads on swivel. Yeah. Um, and then dressing the part too like we we started by buying just t-shirts uh and then rick went to alabama and that's the one on tiktok that got like 1.2 million views and like totally blew up and uh rick walked in with the team and that is insane lane tiffin was the offensive coordinator at the time and uh him and I were shoulder to shoulder and he was just like, can't believe this. Like looking around at the crowd and I was like, yeah, man, I can't believe this either. Never get used to it. <laughs> never get used to it. <laughs> but it never get used to this. Never gets easy, man. <laughs> but, and then, and then Rick, you know, he went online and bought a tuxedo on this website for $99. And, and then he bought like gators, like fake gator shoes for like 20 bucks. And then you know, we just laughing it up. We just started doing that for all these road trips we were going on. We were like, "What's the home team's main colors?" Right. LSU. We have a we have a yellow tuxedo with nice. like a purple nice. inside vest, right? And then purple purple gators. Well, I mean, our closets look like a rainbow. <laughs> I bet you, right, y'all need to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. You'll fit in just fine at all the <laughs> yeah, really. all the festivities down there with all those crazy colors. Yes, suits. sir. So that's a so. Did y'all decide to start a podcast just to tell your stories from that? Or did you have something kind of going on when you were going into all of these? Because I know a lot of people got bit with the podcasting bug, I guess, around COVID or yeah, so. When COVID. People really started, you know, podcasting boom. But did y'all start before that and kind of were like, hey, we want to tell our stories and hope the security guards aren't listening? <laughs> no, that's a good question. That's a good question. We We started back like now over a decade ago doing these sports road trips and just over time, like the stories just became more outrageous after another. Right. And if we didn't have the photos to back it up, you'd almost be like, this stuff's not real. There's no way that these guys did what they said they did. And then we had the photos and the videos. And um, so all of our buddies and friends for years now have been like, you guys got to share your stories. You got to write it in a book. You got to do something. A book would be amazing. That thing would be probably bestseller. So it's funny. We do a little picture book uh, after all of our road trips, you know, like the Shutterfly kind of thing. Right. And uh, yeah, those books are pretty darn epic. But <laughs> but yeah, publishing something wouldn't be a bad idea either. Yeah. So during COVID, we uh, we were just like, hey, why don't we make a podcast? And uh, I'm friend I'm friends with Robbie Berger, Brilliantly Dumb. So I've right. known him for a long time now. Uh, he's from North Jersey. We're from Central Jersey. And uh, he was starting to blow up on just his podcast. Brilliantly done was blowing up after the first like 20, 30 episodes. So right. um, he kind of guided me into like how to do that. And then we've just been telling our stories since COVID. 
the big thing for us was like like we couldn't go to sporting events nobody could so there was like a year plus where everybody was just like at home had to watch on tv really couldn't get that experience because right we wanted to inspire others to go to live sporting events with the people that they love that's that's really the the core premise for that's a mission um, uh, statement for the yeah, Brand, exactly. Brothers Brant yeah. podcast. Right there. <laughs> that's that's like uh, you know what we want to do, and that's why we do this is because we love spending time with each other, and 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 just you can't replace being at a live sporting event versus being uh, at home on your couch. I mean that's great, sure, but being at the game when the stadium's rocking, that electricity, there's nothing right. better. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's like why we started our show was. Uh, like I said, Tyler and I were roommates, and our other co-host Wade, uh, he was our third roommate, and then the fourth one, Jacob, who's sick tonight. Uh, he we went to high school with him, so he just kind of stayed in touch in college. Um, and I mean, we would sit in our our apartment. We had probably like eight couches, so everybody would come over to watch the sporting events, and you'd sit there and watch sports and just talk sports all the time. And then once we all graduated and went our separate ways, I was like, man, I miss talking with these guys. So I was like, let's start a podcast and just talk about sports and tell stories. And I mean, what y'all are doing when you're traveling to all the places, that's definitely on the bucket list. We're going to plan a trip, Tyler, and we're going to get these two guys inputs on where to go, what to wear, how to get in and make sure it all happens. hundred percent, guys. We'd love to help you out. You guys do a great job with your podcast, the production, the belly up media connection, like, Great job by you guys just building Appreciate out this. It, yeah. yeah, getting. I mean, Belly Up has also got just a lot of connections with people all around the country. So next time y'all take a trip, you could probably just start calling people within the network and they, they can get you in places. You got places yeah. to stay. It's, and, it's pretty cool. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It's actually uh, the sporting events are awesome. And, like, Rick and I have such amazing memories. But it's kind of fun having those memories of crashing on people's couches that you, like, right. were buddies with and just reconnecting yeah. with. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some funny stories. Like Rick and I stayed at a friend of a friend's place who we didn't even really know the, the Boyd's Rick. And he wasn't even there. The friend of the friend wasn't there. And it was his parents' place. <laughs> and his parents let us in at like 11 o'clock at night after a Kansas city Royals game. And then woke us up the next morning at 6am with like a five course breakfast. Wow. We were just like, yeah, like we want to make food for you guys. So they made us like bacon and like grits and uh, biscuits. And yeah. and Rick was like so tired. I literally go over and grab him. I go, Rick, wake your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> These people are being hosp- hospitable to us. You need to wake up. Five-star breakfast down there. Get your ass down there. <laughs> yeah, this or the Taco Bell on the way to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to swing into the local spot, grab a little bite, and keep going. Yeah. I'll, I'll think of uh, – Did you just call the Boyd's the lo- a local spot? It was their house. It was their residence. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sounds like they could have opened up a diner with what they were cooking. Yeah, they could have. So there was this one day, and we've done a lot of great sporting trips, and it was always 10 games in 10 days. And I think okay. it was back in 2017, we had planned a trip, and we always tried to pick different areas of the country, West Coast, Midwest, you name it. And this one year we picked the Southeast – and so we wanted to go. This was the biggest trip we've ever done. 12 games in nine days. Wow. So, so you got two a day one of those times. Well, actually, it's funny. The first day of the trip was a triple header. So ready? Jeez. And guys, the next day we took off because we were so exhausted. Yeah, I imagine so. 
But this day goes down in the Hall of Fame record books as like one of the greatest ever. We went to Clemson's home opener. Okay. They had just won the national championship the year before. We hung out with Dabo Sweeney and his mom before the game on the field. Great time. Awesome experience. We're we're great, great, great. Go through the games and then we'll actually tell the whole story because we got to tell the whole story. Fair enough. Fair enough. Orange yeah. tuxedos. We uh, leave that game and then we drive down to Athens to go to the Georgia home opener inside wow. the hedges. Inside, we wore red tuxedos on the field again with the athletic director. And then from that game, we actually did leave in like the third quarter of the Georgia game. They were crushing App State because we had to get to Atlanta for that year's Chick-fil-A kickoff classic between Alabama and FSU in Atlanta at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium there. Mm -hmm. So we did three games in three days. And the third game, we were dressed in our Crimson Alabama suits on the field with Marlins man who has become a friend of ours right. and basically an idol for all sports fans. <laughs> so, oh, go on. So do y'all, do y'all have any, did y'all buy tickets to get into these games or you just show up early and we're like, let's see if we can just kind of nose walk into the game. Nope. Okay. Nose so you're getting into the all. stadium at yeah. least, and then so, you're figuring it out. So I'll tell them, we have to tell them like the Clemson, at least the Clemson story in that day, because that day is epic. And so, we flew in on the games on Saturday. We flew in on Thursday. Uh, we had a friend of a friend uh, that we crashed with at their place uh, in okay. Clemson. He was a student at the time. So it was a friend of a friend, had no idea who we were. Uh, <laughs> and hey, these we two random guys place. are going to stay on your couch and go to the yeah. Clemson game yeah. tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. Our boy from home <laughs> calls him up and just goes, yeah, I got these two guys. They're crashing on your couch for like three days whether you like it or not. <laughs> and so uh, so we stayed there for Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday we were out. So we were there for two days. And uh, we get there and we do it. We do a state, we do a campus tour on Friday, a self-guided one, if that. Right. And just kind of get the lay of the land. Um, and then on Friday, uh, or on Saturday, we start our day super early. So the game's at 12 o'clock, but we're in our tuxedos. We're over at the stadium at eight in the morning just doing our thing four hours, five hours. I think it was like seven 38 in the morning. We were already there. Already tailgating, ready already, to go. And already tailgating, walking around. And uh, like, there was a lot of people in the RV park, but there wasn't like so much tailgating going on. So we were walking around and we see this uh, broadcasting setup that they have for like local TV and, uh, and radio. And nobody's there like standing there. It's just like the broadcast booth kind of like, kind of like Home Depot does their game day, but a right. localized version. And uh, Rick and I just walk right up in our orange tuxedos. Uh, we got Clemson, you know, lapel pins and all that stuff. Go Tigers and different Tiger. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I grab like the person that's doing the interviewing after they were on like a commercial. And I say, hey, can we can we tell our story? And they're like, what's your story? And we're like, we're going to 12 games, nine days. So we get on this little broadcast and this kicked things off long story, but kick things off. And we tell the story about, we're going to 12 games in nine days. We're dressed in all these tuxedos and we thought nobody was listening, but everybody in the RV park was listening oh. <laughs> and like had it on TVs. So like we left and we were like, Oh, that was kind of cool. We got a picture with like the, the national championship ring that they won the year before. Right. And we make our way to the RV park 
And we are like legends. Like people are giving us beer, jello shots. They're just like, you guys are going to 12 games, nine days. You go to three games today. What? That's crazy. So like we're being treated like royalty in this RV park. And then right next to the stadium, RV parking area. And then we're walking around the stadium. And all of a sudden this woman comes up to me. And she's got it like an orange blouse on, white white short white pants, and she goes, "Oh my god, I love y'all y'all suits. Those are awesome. I got to get a picture with y'all." And I was like, "Yeah, sounds good." And we just held the national championship ring, so I know what the I know what it looks like. Right. And I put my we put our arm around her, and I see that she has it on like her necklace, and I go, "Wow, that's really cool. Uh, how'd you get the national championship ring on your necklace?" And she goes, "My son gets it for me every time they go." I go, "Who's your son?" Dabo. Oh my god! Dabo, Dabo's mom wanted a picture with us, so we got we got a picture with her. And then it's still like you know, it's probably ten o'clock at that point, nine thirty. The team's just starting to arrive, so they have the 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 tiger walk or the walk right. of champions. Yeah. And we go all the way to the front where the buses like let the players off, and we're having a great time. They're playing like jump around the music. The place is mm. packed. It's buzzing. And all of a sudden, a state trooper grabs me and my brother on our shoulders. And I'm like, oh, shit, what did I do? Like, was I in the wrong spot? Right. And he goes, I love y'all's energy and your suits. You guys are going to be the welcoming committee for, for Dabo and the team when they come out. Oh, so, my holy Literally, the state troopers behind us with his aviators and, like, you know, a badass hat yeah. on. Stay yeah. like back standing behind us and letting us just, like, jump around and have a great time as the – team's coming off the bus and uh we we get a picture with Dabo as soon as he comes off the bus and we're like Dabo we're just hanging out with your mom he's like all right cool man like we got a game that is crazy and then uh and then the team goes in and Rick and I are like all right well shit like we didn't we didn't walk with the team in we just let them do their thing and then uh we walked towards the stadium and we got our nosebleed ticket scanned and then, Rick, you can kind of tell him, like, what happens from here because this was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to top that, but I'll do my best here, oh, it's, fellas. it's pretty good, yeah. All right, so uh, stadium, you know, filing in. We've all been there before, starting to fill right. up. And um, it's a beautiful sunny day in September to kick off the season. We're just already on cloud nine from what just transpired this morning. It's like 1030, 11 a.m. And, all right, we head down towards, like, the lower bowl area, our goal is always to get on the field, the mascots, pictures with the cheerleaders, something like that. And yeah, because if you don't have pictures, nobody's believing any of this story that you just yeah, told. Right. Dude, spot on. And so we get down to like the lower area, and there's like most stadiums have this, if you can picture it. There's like stairs, like maybe four or five stairs from like where the stands ends to get down onto the field level. And so a lot of times those are protected by security guards. And again, guys, confidence is such a huge component to what we do. So Rob and I are in these tuxedos. We've got lanyards on, lapel pins. And we just go with a lot of confidence towards this security officer who's like protected the entrance area. And we go, hey, we're just going to walk down there for a minute. We'll be right back up. And he goes, okay, no problem. And he just steps over to the side (laughs) and lets us down without even like second thought. (laughs) we get we get down onto the field we're hanging out um the referee the head referee for today's game comes jogging over to us as the crowd is filing in the players are warming up he goes i'm probably gonna get in trouble for this but i gotta get a picture with y'all and then like he wanted a picture with us 
And then we go over down just a little bit closer to the end zone. And this is where Rob just like, I don't know, something gets into the sky and the cojones on this man are just unbelievable. So we're, we're standing down there and like the greatest, like I think they call it the most exciting 30 seconds or something in sports. Yeah. Is when the Clemson team comes running down the hill. The balloons are going up in the air. It's a really cool scene. And uh, so that takes place. And everybody kind of vacates the field, but Rob and I are still down there. We're hanging out behind the end zone, and there's like this um, um, National Guard. It's the ROTC program at Clemson yeah. where you have these young men and women in the military outfits, and, and their job is basically just to do push-ups in the end zone after Clemson scores. So we noticed after the first touchdown that like, these 10 students, ROTC kids, are out there doing push-ups in the end zone. So Rob walks over to the head guy and says, hey, um, if I'm overstepping, if this is like any issue whatsoever, please just let me know and we, no problem. But would it be okay if we did push-ups with your men and women in the end zone throughout the game today? And he's like, absolutely. Yes, sir. That's exactly what's going to happen. And then <laughs> he brings over his crew. They, he instructs his crew to like show us what to do and where to be. And next thing you know, like they're just piling it on. So Rob and I are out there several times throughout the game doing push-ups on the field. Get a workout people. in. Yeah, get a little workout in during this. Guys, guys those in. suits were not breathable, and it was about ninety-five <laughs> degrees. I was, I was losing Burned some calories. Probably did over a hundred push-ups. So how much <laughs> they scored? That was game one of the road. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. Let me pause right here. I don't know if you can, there's a way you can edit it and show pictures and stuff. Yeah. This is, uh, where's my screen? Okay. So that's us on the oh, field. Holy cow. That's crazy. And then, um, <laughs> that let, me, is awesome. let, me, let me find a couple of these other ones here. Cause these were just cause if you don't have the pictures, it didn't even happen. So right. that's, that's, if y'all that's have us the with Abbo's mom. <laughs> right. The orange, the orange is perfect. Yeah. Y'all were lying when you said that's bright like, orange. That's what kicked, this is what kicked it off. Like we were on that show and yeah, with the rings, with, nice with the rings and everything, and then Dabo. Oh, wow. oh my gosh, that yeah, is just crazy. insane! Again, we just walked right out onto the fifty, <laughs> and like just, nobody's there. And then we got a picture with the cheerleaders. That's insane. The ref right here, I love that. Yeah, the the fact that the ref walks up and asks to take a picture with you all yeah. has no idea who you are. If and you're officiating Tiger for his push-ups. Sweet. So, like, that's just an extent of what we do and how we do it. But I think, um, you know, obviously that was a great day, and we could go on and on about that story alone. But um, I think one that uh, fans have really enjoyed the most has been our Super Bowl story and uh, yeah, we, i heard just, a little bit about that when y'all interviewed joey cold cuts uh, a few weeks ago that one is crazy well it's bonkers and we just had a phenomenal super bowl and every yep. year around this time rob and i yes we love watching the game but the week before when they have media day rob and i i think just have a little extra excitement because it takes us back to when uh, the patriots were playing the seahawks in mm. what some consider to be the top one or two best Super Bowls of all time. Russell Wilson throws the interception on the one-yard line, and Malcolm Butler's a hero. But earlier in the week, Rob and I, because of showing up early, dressing the part, bringing a lot of confidence, 
got a chance to interview Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and Bill Belichick before the game. And uh, needless to say, we're not reporters. <laughs> the fact you said the the cojones on rob doing the push-ups him actually getting up and talking to tom brady that's insane yeah, that's bold that's well, crazy. well hold on hold on hold on rick's got a pair too because he was the one who did the talking with tom brady okay this was, oh, that's... This was just to just to give a timeline the uh clemson story was 2017 right and then this one was like 2014 2015 or something like that rick so mm-hmm. um but, uh, yeah, that story's wild. Uh, I'll kick it off, Rick. You can jump in here at any time and just interject. And one of my favorite things about us telling these stories to Chad and Ty is, like, we have this one friend, Matt, back home. And he would, he would always be around somehow when we're telling these stories. And he would listen to them all the time, all the time. He probably, he probably knows these stories just as good as we tell them. And somebody goes, Matt, you're always with them when they tell these stories. Like, don't you ever get bored of it? And he goes, no. And, That's and, insane. and he, he goes, he goes, the reason I don't get bored of it is because I know it's true. Every single thing they say is the exact same thing every single time. So it's completely true. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not making it up as you go. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so basically what it, ha- what had happened was uh, right. Super Bowls on Sunday. Uh, we bought tickets and you can't do it anymore. They don't let fans buy tickets to Super Bowl media day. It's just, it's just people press, press and media. Right. We probably um, messed it up. Yeah, for like, yeah, probably yeah. from the two guys yeah. that got in and interviewed Tom Brady and Russell yeah, exactly, Wilson. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, media days on Tuesday, we fly out on Monday. Uh, and then we, we were like, you know what, let's wear, this was right after Rick did the shenanigans at, at Alabama. Um, so he's like, this suit thing works. Like, why he's don't got we a little just... taste of it? He's ready to just <laughs> rock and roll. Right. So we just got, we got suits, right? You guys are 23, 24. So imagine rocking your first suit that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we have these suits and then uh, we go online, we get the uh, Patriots ties on eBay. We get the Patriots lanyard. We get the Patriots uh, um, lapel pins. We pick up some, some cheap lanyards for five bucks and uh, we're, we're at the Phoenix Suns Arena uh, where they've transformed it into Media Day. And we're just going to we were just going to walk in like normal fans. We bought twenty five dollar tickets, thirty dollar tickets to sit in the lower bowl. And then they'll give you a headset to listen to or something like that. I forget exactly how it worked out. But um, we're about to walk in and it's eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody's dressed in Seahawks and Patriots gear. We stick out like a sore thumb. My brother brought a microphone. Uh, and he proceeded, he, this is how genius Rick is, um, genius or psychotic, whichever way you look at it. Um, he, he like, was like, when we were coming up with this idea, he just goes, you know, I'm not going to put ESPN or Fox or anything big on the box around the microphone. I'm just going to print out the logo for that year and go neutral. And like, that was such a clutch move because if someone saw us with like an ESPN mic, they would have been like, you don't work for ESPN. Like, what are you doing? So uh, Rick had a microphone that had a wire that was attached to nothing, literally just ran into his side coat pocket. <laughs> I was just walking around with a mic the whole time. <laughs> and this security guard, like, again, this will never happen. And this like, when, when I share this story and people are like, aren't you like, where'd you get in trouble? I go, it's not my fault. Literally a security guard escorted us around. The right. Stadium. It was this like when you were down in Houston a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just they let me on the bus and I walked in. I mean, I wasn't sneaking in. Yeah. So. 
and people are always like you sneak it like you sneak into these events and i'm like there is no sneaking involved like we're not hiding in Gatorade right. containers and like somehow magically appear. you're in You're the just brightest colored in. clothes known to man <laughs> yeah. and you stick out like the crazy. exact opposite <laughs> you're bringing attention on yourselves that usually makes it easier in these cases <laughs> so so the security guard comes up to us and goes hey guys media entrance is on the other side of the stadium and we're like oh we don't know where that is he goes don't worry i'll take you over there so now we have an escort around the stadium and i'm like grabbing rick and rick's rick's cool rick's like as cool as the other side as, as the pillow, right? Um, and and I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, is this really happening? He's, he's like, dude, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just go with it. Go with it. And, with and it. Like, we're like, all right, whatever. And we follow this guy, and he walks us through the 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 you know metal detector in that area. He's like, you guys are good right here. And then there was like an 80 year old security guard that you know asked Rick, like, do you want me to calibrate your microphone? And 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 Rick's like, this is like, attached to nothing in his Rick's pocket. Just like, just like, <laughs> plugs into my phone, and the guy was like, "Wait, what?" And you got to remember, this is like 2014, so technology was a little bit, right? You know, basic. He's back. rocking an iPhone like 3s or something. <laughs> he's rocking like a BlackBerry. Right, <laughs> 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 and, and uh, so anyway, he's like, "All right, whatever." And like, nobody asked for our credentials. We just like put our stuff in the metal detector and walked right in. Uh, we saw some state troopers. We're like, hey, guys, thanks for your service. And then walked right by them. And by the way, the lanyard, like I have to tell you, the lanyard for this is like a license plate. Like it's the size of like this like pad right here. Yeah. It has, you know, your face on it. And it's got like a barcode and all this stuff. And uh, so we just walked right in and this woman greets us and she goes, hey, guys, I know you're running a little bit late. Uh, there's two ways to get down onto the field. You can either go down the lower bowl section or you can go to the service elevator and we're like, all right, cool. Great information. Right. And then Rick, you can take it from here on, on how, how we did this. Sure. So the stadium's pretty much not filled at all. Like they haven't yet opened up the gates to the fans, but they've opened them up to the media. So you've got some media people mulling around down on the floor where the players will eventually be. You've got some media walking the concourse area where they sell concessions and there's an area dedicated to the media that's like tables with donuts and coffee and breakfast kind of stuff. So Rob and I jump over there and like, you know, again, we want to blend in. So right. we grab some donuts. I don't even drink coffee, but I grabbed a coffee. <laughs> and so we're walking around and we're like, how are we going to get down there? And so we were like, wait a second. That woman was like, you can walk down the lower bowl. So let's try that. And we walk down the steps as if you're walking down to the first row and we go to walk on the field and this big bouncer, intimidating looking guys like, Hey guys, can I see some credentials? And uh, we were like uh, some BS story. We were just like, yeah, yeah, no, we are waiting to meet our boss. We don't have him yet. And like, we, he goes, yeah, well, uh, you know, it sounds believable. I, and you know, it's probably okay, but I just, I really can't let you down here. Uh, without it so if you could just go up there and just wait for your boss that'd be cool and so we go up there and we sit up there for a few minutes and while we're sitting there we look over about 10 10 seats to our left is the legendary sal palantonio from espn wow. and uh, ed warner from espn they're just chilling over there so hey, we walk- can i borrow your uh, media pass real quick <laughs> i need to get down there well we walk over to sal pal and ed and with a lot of confidence we're like hey sal ed this is our first Super Bowl. Like, like we're like we're long. Good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's up down in us. Like as we're getting closer, he's no look on his face, just looking up and down. A mean mugging. Who who are these guys? Who are these fools? And so he uh, he goes. Uh, so who are you with? And uh, Rob and I just on the 
you know, cuff. Uh, we're from a small little reporter newspaper from uh, New Jersey. You never heard of it. Uh, it's called the uh, Asbury Park Press. We just, we just named like our local paper. Like, yeah, Asbury Park Press. <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, the APP. I know wow. the APP real well. I applied there for a job when I got out of college. Oh, my God. He's, like, calling you on your bullshit here. About to call, <laughs> exactly. call the editor. He's yeah. going to know Doug from back in the press room. We're screwed. Yeah. This whole thing's blown. We're done. <laughs> and, uh, and before we could go much longer, he said something like, yeah, I didn't get the job on the interview. And Rob said something like, no, 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 no. You said this. Don't, don't, don't say I said this. You said this. Oh, you literally okay. go. Sounds like our career is getting off to a better start than yours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, no Ed Warner just starts dying. He's like, these guys are hilarious. And and then Sal starts laughing. And then uh, and then our go-to line was, it's our first Super Bowl we're covering. Do you mind if we get a picture? And we right. are covering it, but it's strictly for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> for friends and family. Right. <laughs> friends and family. I like that. So, so we get a picture with Sal and Ed Warner's photo bombing us in the background. It's fantastic. Um, and then we're like, dude, we still got to get down on the field. Let's make this happen. We're here. They're going to start to let the fans in. So we're like, all right, what's the other way to get down? And the other way to get down was a service elevator. So we start walking the concourse and we come across the elevator. And this would never happen again. There's like a 70-year-old man who's sole job is to check credentials as they come onto the service elevator. But the people right before us had just spilt a coffee all over this elevator floor. <laughs> Poor guy. And this what man, timing. he is on his hands and knees cleaning it as if his life depended upon it. And Rob and I just walk onto the elevator, press the down button, and <laughs> and we go down. We're like chopping it up like, you know, oh, man, what a mess. What a mess. Oh, hate to be that guy. Hey, make yeah. sure you get that over there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then the elevator opens up, and now we're down on, like, the floor level, like where the players run out of the tunnel, and we can see the light. We can see the, like, press area, and we start walking towards it. And it's probably like a 50-foot walk, so we're walking. We're like, holy, no way. We're going to do this. And then as we get about 10 feet from the floor, these two security officers just peel, and they cover, like, they block the light and they're like, hey, gentlemen. And we're like, oh, no, this is where it's over. Oh. Just so you know, there's no food and beverage allowed on the floor. So you're going to have to get rid of the coffees. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, gosh, really? <laughs> Man, this, this is only my first cup. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. So we throw the coffees out and they open up the gates and they let us in. And uh, that was the most nerve wracking time because it's just reporters around on the floor level. The players aren't out yet. The stands aren't filled with people. So there are actually security people trying to like make sure nothing bad's happening and nobody's getting right. on the floor that shouldn't be on the floor. So that was the nerve wracking like 45 minute window where we were just trying to like blend in. We had our lanyards tucked inside our um, jackets. So they could yeah. see like the around the neck, but they couldn't see that there was nothing in the landing. It's just an empty, clear case. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> that's so, so we're just chopping it up with different people. And like, I remember getting a picture. Rob and I got a picture with uh, Michael Irvin. Mm. Uh, that was a hilarious st story at the time. And Chris Berman. But yeah, we went up to these different players and coaches as they started to come out and just with a, you know, a lot of confidence started asking all these questions that were on our minds that, We've always wanted to ask them. And 
I remember one time asking, uh, well, mind, asked, mind you, mind you, Rick has the microphone. So he's actually asking like, yeah, he's like talking hey, to us. Hey, what do you think of this? And then he's holding it out. <laughs> and, and there was one reporter who like was a legit reporter. And she goes to me, she goes, how are you going to do a story on those questions that you just asked? It's like, <laughs> what, what are you going to, how are you going to put that all together? And like, so like reporters were starting yeah, to be like, what's going them. on? Yeah. What did you have for breakfast this morning, Tom? How do you like your oatmeal? Like, we should random stuff. Could be an opinion piece. That's, exa- that's exactly what was going on there. And, an opinion um, piece. I like that. So, so um, we do all these interviewings, and Rick interviews Tom Brady. Again, it was just, like, stupid question. Like, Rick asked, like, you know, who's your favorite wide receiver to throw to? And Tom gave, like, a very political answer. Like, oh, they're all great, right? You know? Yeah. No, then, Tom, right. we want to know who's your favorite. Don't yeah. hold back. The, the the fans want to know who it is. Exactly. It's not Antonio Brown. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so that was crazy. And then what was, cr- what was also wild is that moment where Rick was talking about, we had to blend in. So we were just talking to other reporters because they're excited to be there. Right. And right. we meet this it's one. Super Bowl. Rep- Exactly. We meet this one reporter from Europe, uh, this girl okay. from Europe who's covering the Super Bowl uh, for, for her paper back home in Europe. And uh, and then she goes to us. She's like, hey, guys, like after we're talking for like 20, 30 minutes, she just goes, hey, are you guys going to the Super Bowl media day party tonight? No way. And we go. We go. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. 100 percent. Meanwhile, we have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> And, 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 and Rick and I are just like, can we get your number? Can we just like meet up for a drink before uh, the the, the party? And then we can all go together. We have no clue where it is. Right. So we do our thing at media day. We have a blast. We meet all those people, Michael Irving, Chris, Chris Berman, uh, Faraday from the golf channel uh, and uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, everything like that. It was awesome. And then uh, that was probably around like, I don't know, two o'clock it ended. So then we went outside and we had about like four hours to kill before we had to meet up with this girl. So we killed four hours, did whatever. And then we hit up this girl and she's just like, all right, cool. Let's meet up at the hotel. And the hotel was where all the players, the the non, I think the non actual players were staying there because they had the pro bowl or something like that. Okay. Gotcha. And they were playing it at university or ASU. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we were all, we went to their hotel and we're like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be so cool. And there's, we have no clue where this party is. So we don't know if it's in Phoenix. We don't know if it's in Scottsdale. No clue. Right. And uh, there's like six buses, blacked out tinted buses. They're lined up in front of the hotel. This girl goes, hey, where are your credentials? Are you guys like, and, and like, we just go, oh, we left it at the car. Like, no big deal. We'll be fine. And we got on these this bus with this girl and her, her friend. Nobody asked for credentials. We just walked on with a lot of confidence. <laughs> I think they asked for our names and we gave our names and like, we were like, yeah, yep, right. that one's on the list. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rob and Rick. Exactly. Rob and Rick. 20. Yeah. That's on yeah. the list. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and then we get on this bus and they're driving and I'm like, where is this bus taking us? Maybe they're going to ask for credentials when we get to the place. Um, now that's and, embarrassing. You got to take the like walk of shame back out. We well, I was in. thinking, Chet. I was thinking it was going to be a walk, but they start driving away. Turns out the party's in Scottsdale. It's about like thirty minutes from Phoenix. Jeez. I can see Phoenix fading in the background. I go, this is going to be like a five hundred dollar Uber back to our car. Right. <laughs> and we 
all of a sudden I'm still sweating. And all of a sudden this girl gets on the loudspeaker to make an announcement on the bus. And she goes, Hey, you guys are going to be working so hard this week. We just want to thank you. So it's at the crow's nest, which is this venue where a lot of um, uh, music, musical talent mm -hmm. performs a concert, concert venue in Scottsdale. And they go, the Congos are going to be putting on a, a free concert for you, which I don't know if they've done any music since, but at the time they were, they had a couple hit songs. Okay. And it's an all you can eat, all you can drink. There's going to be former NFL players there. Um, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening. So just enjoy yourself. And we get off the bus and there was a cigar lounge. I don't even like have cigars. I just grabbed a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rick and I were having drinks. Uh, Rick doesn't even drink. Like I was just having a great time <laughs> we had like 20 ice cream sandwiches and oh, you got to and yeah. we're hanging out with jason taylor hall of famer jason taylor oh, wow. Picture wow. With him. and then uh we meet miss arizona uh so we ended up hanging out with miss arizona for i don't know like an hour or so in the yeah. night uh and then there was all this swag as you were leaving so we have a great time enjoy ourselves and then as you're leaving um they had swag bags they had like koozies they had sandals that said like super bowl media day party on them and my brother and i just like grabbed as much as <laughs> grabbed all the bags friends those for like we went to our friends when we got home and i Chris swear was for you Chris was for you this is Chris <laughs> yeah all stocking around. stuffers <laughs> for years we had those at our house <laughs> That is no, it was uh, it was a great time. And uh, I mean, we've got so many great stories and so many uh, just wonderful memories from doing it. I think that's the biggest thing that if we could encourage not just you guys, but the listeners of the sports scramble is to really just get out there. You know, it's a little first off, you got to reach into your pocket. You got to pay for some tickets. You got to coordinate right. some things. But all of us are sports fans. We're going to the sporting events anyway. Why not just take it another level? Like just like get there an extra hour earlier, get a little yeah. bit extra swag, like whatever yeah. you got to do and just be a little daring. Live on the edge a little bit. And yeah. one, one thing I want the listeners to know too is like, you know, Rick and I, we do want to write a book at some point and it's like the eight life lessons that we learned from turning right. nosebleed tickets into on the field experiences. And like one is getting there early. Two is dressing the part. Um, three is just being really outgoing and friendly and like, try to like talk to people and get to know people and all that stuff. You never yeah, know. Don't, don't be like suspicious yeah, don't, around, like be like you're you like orange suits. Like yeah. you walk right out. up to the police officer, right yeah, up to yeah. say, Hi, how you doing? Be outgoing. Uh, and then one of them is just don't lie. And, uh, you know, I know we said the thing about the reporter the reporting that we did and like, we, I think we've only ever said something like that. Like that was one time and then one time in, in Atlanta. But um, we were just like, you know what? Like we don't want to do that. If anyone ever asks and we took a stance on this, we were just like, if anyone ever asks how we get onto the field, let's just be like extremely honest and tell them exactly how we got on the field and see what <laughs> happens. And I'm telling you right now, honesty, such yeah. a great policy. Uh, right. We had a, we had a podcast guest on, um, a couple episodes ago and we met at an Atlanta Hawks game. I was in town for the masters and I went to a Hawks game and I just bought, you know, decent seats. But then I saw there was like three seats wide open right behind the bench. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to walk over to him. And I sit down and this guy just goes, Hey, how'd you get these tickets? And I think he was like expecting me to lie to him. 
And I go, oh, yeah, I've been sitting over there. I actually saw these were open for the whole first half. So I just was like, hey, why don't I come down and sit in them? No one's sitting in them for the whole first half. And he just started laughing. He just goes, oh, well, they're actually mine. Uh, my company. No. <laughs> no. We, couldn't, we couldn't give them. We couldn't give them away. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, can I buy you a beer? Can like, And he's like, yeah, dude, buy me a beer. He goes. And then it wasn't until we had him on the podcast. This was like five years later that he goes. Dude, I think that's why we got off to such a good start is because you didn't try to come up with some BS reason, like right? Because he knew mm-hmm. that they were his tickets and that whatever yeah. you said, he had a he has a reasoning behind. And and one of our first games was Michigan. We went to Michigan Akron game, and it was like almost like App State Michigan when they blew that lead and they lost to him. Yeah. So Akron almost upset Michigan, and Rick and I got down on the field pre-game for Michigan, <laughs> and we were took pictures on the M, which is another story in and of, of yeah. itself. And then uh, a security guard was like, "Hey, where are your lanyards?" And like, we don't have them. And he's just like, "All right, you guys gotta get off the field. I don't know how you got on here." Yeah. So, so we got, and the whole time we were on the field, I was like, ah, it's going to happen at some point. We're going to get the boot. So I just kept like looking behind us to see where maybe some open seats were. And there was these two seats, like second row. And mm-hmm. I was just like, dude, no one's sitting in these seats. Like if we get the boot, we're going right there with a lot of confidence. So we go there with a lot of confidence. And uh, the guy is like, hey, how'd you guys get these tickets? And, you know, they're second row at a big 10 school. Right. These are like family tickets. Everybody knows everybody down there. It's the same thing at LSU probably. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, do you want me to lie to you or tell you the truth? And he goes, truth would be good. And then I explain how we're on this 10 game, 10 day road trip and how we were just on the field and we just got here early and we were on the M taking pictures and he started dying laughing. He just goes, Oh my God, that is absolutely insane. And he goes, well, you're in luck. Uh, these are John seats and, uh, John couldn't sell them, uh, cause they're playing Akron. So you guys can have them for the rest of the game. And we ended up watching a a barn burner. Yeah. And he, after the game was over, Michigan ended up winning, but he goes, Hey, do you guys want to come back to our tailgate and like enjoy some food and get some free food uh, before you guys head to Lambo? And we were like, yeah, absolutely. And so we went back and to their tailgate and they gave us like all the leftover food, like package it up. They're like, yeah, dude, we're just going to throw this away. So like college football fans are the fans of the best. They're the best. They're the best. and they gave us all this free food for us to head to Lambo. And we were like, uh, you know, kids in a candy shop. And, you know, it just goes to show you just like, you know, be transparent. <laughs> right. That's that's insane. I mean, so these the stories that I'm sure we could probably have like a six hour show. It just roll with them forever. Um, I mean, the closest that Chet and I got to anything was whenever we paid 150 bucks to go to a Pelicans Nuggets game. We sat courtside. That was the closest like we've ever gotten. That's a heck of a deal right there. That's yeah, we, uh, it happened to be like someone I worked with and her that he knew a girl whose family had courtside seats and they, uh, you know, her dad was involved in the BP oil spill cleanup. So he got like mm. a contract for that, his company. So they were loaded wow. and uh, they were like, hey, we're taking our private jet to, you know, Orlando because <laughs> we don't want to watch the Pelicans play the Nuggets tonight. Uh, do you want to buy these seats? The guy was like, yeah, sure. How much? He calls me, he's like, dude, I got three courtside seats, a hundred bucks. I was like, huh, you don't have to tell me twice. We're in. I mean, New Orleans is only like an hour trip from Baton Rouge. So we showed up early. We did the whole thing, which I guess our our tickets got us in down there when they were shooting warm ups. And we're chopping yeah. it up with like Cam Jordan sitting next to me. Yeah. Talking to um yeah, that's awesome. Well, I didn't talk to Jokic because he was like staring <laughs> at my soul. Yeah, I talked to uh, Jamal Murray. Something. He like literally yeah. came sat right by me. 
I was like, yeah, yeah nice fix, bro. He was like, thanks. <laughs> Jamal Murray's sitting next to us. I'm talking to uh, Lonzo Ball, which at the time I was a huge fan of Lonzo. So it was like meeting like MJ or something to me. Um, JJ Reddick, that's when he was on the Pelicans. It was yeah, awesome. I was like, man. I mean, they had a ton of security. But like you said, if when we showed up early, we were the only people sitting courtside. Like it was the three of us watching them shoot warm-ups. Rick, Rick uh, you got to tell them the final four. That, that's wild. All right. Well, we'll tell a quick version of the final four, and then we'll wrap up this podcast. Guys, it's been so fun being on with you guys. Yeah, we'll have to definitely. do this again in the future. And um, so I've gone to many final fours. Um I would highly recommend that you two uh, find a way to get down to Houston this year for the final four. It's going to be epic. And who knows? Houston might even be in the final four. That there's a very good chance. Very well could be. Let me give you hey, a Hey, Tyler, I, I got a place to stay since I just lived there a few, a few months ago. Bingo. So we don't have to crash true. any random couches. <laughs> Guys, that's a huge part of it. You need a place to stay. And a lot of times yeah. hotel prices are going to be through the roof. Exactly. So here's my recommendation. Go to a final four. And have a ton of fun for absolutely no money. All right. Get there early. And the way the Final Four is set up is it's in these huge stadiums now. So, like, this year's Super Bowl is going to be in the Houston Texans. Excuse me. This year's Final Four is going to be in the Houston Texans stadium. So, what they do is they add seats in and around, like, the field area to pack it in. And if you're sitting anywhere other than, like, really close to the court, it doesn't make sense because – it's just like so small. You're so far away. Mm-hmm. But the stadium is set up in quadrants where the four teams fan bases are broken off into quadrants. So you got, I don't know, Duke over here, North Carolina, Kansas, like Kentucky. It's all broken out into quadrants. And what happens is the fan bases for the first two teams that play that night on a Saturday night. Well, the first two teams, like their fans are there, but the other fans really haven't packed the stadium in yet in those two other quadrants. Right. And so you've got a great spot to sit close down. Now you got to get close down. My recommendation, buy some concessions, get a Coke, get a big bucket of popcorn. You got your hands full. You can't grab your ticket when you're walking by the usher. You just can't. So they let you through and you go sit down as close as you humanly can. And maybe you say hi to Jim Nance. I don't know. You're course- <laughs> Hey, Grant Hill, how you doing? Hey, uh, you know, uh, Bill Rafferty, you okay, man? You doing all right? You need a Coke? You want me to go grab you something real quick? <laughs> a popcorn? Need a hot dog? <laughs> so so these, so that's what you do. You get down there. You watch the first game, and it's fantastic. You're in a great seat. You're sitting around all these other coaches like Coach Calipar, everybody. And then the first game ends, and the losing team is pissed. Like, they just right. don't even want to sit in the stadium anymore. They're just – they thought they were going to win it all. They thought they were going to play on Monday night in the national championship. <laughs> Their fans are out. And then the team that won is ready to go party. They're not really interested in the next game. I mean, maybe kind of, so some fans stick around. But for the most part, they're ready to go hit the nearest bar. So now the other two quadrants open up, and you can just switch on over to the other area. That's wide open. And uh, so that's my recommendation for going to the Final Four. You guys have experience in Houston uh, this April. I would be disappointed if when I look on CBS this year and I don't see you two sitting courtside yeah. uh, for the final four. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping I'll see you two there. Well, we'll definitely try to make it happen. And you mentioned April 
But if y'all got some time, I want to hear about your security guard job at the Masters. Oh, That's what caught my ear the first time I heard. I think I heard one of y'all mention it on your pod. I was like, did they just say there's security guards at the Masters? If you're, That's all, right, crazy. If you're all right with us sharing that story and going a little extra. Go for it. Go. I didn't want to take too much of y'all's time. I got plenty of time. Go. For well, it. listen, one of the things that Rob was talking about was these life lessons that have come from our journeys. And uh, I think one of the biggest ones is following up and how important following up is. You could meet anybody anywhere and you might just forget about them or they might forget about you, but there's an art to following up. And this is translated into business. It's translated into personal life, whether you're looking to date somebody or get a job or whatever it might be, play some of the greatest golf courses in the world. And so um, Rob, and I'll try to condense the story a little bit, but um, Rob was, um, well, Rob, why don't you tell the story? You're probably better at it than I am. Yeah. So, um, you guys are probably going to laugh. One of my jobs in college was, uh, selling Cutco knives. And, uh, I was one of the top sales reps in the, in the company history. No joke. Okay. Sold, there you go. I sold like $500,000 worth of Cutco in two a lot of knives. And paid yeah. That's, that's, I mean, those knives are pretty pricey, but yeah, that's a lot of knives yeah, to get a lot to, that, of knives. to that level. And I sold, this was years ago, I sold Cutco to this guy and he bought Cutco from me and he goes, gave me his billing address. And I was just like, oh, cool, like Augusta. And yeah. at the time, I already, I already went to the Masters and I happened to be wearing a Masters polo. I didn't mm. know this guy for any more than 20 minutes. And and uh, I was like, oh man, yeah, I love the Masters. And, and he just goes, cool. Um, you want to be a security guard at the Masters? And I was like, uh, sure, man. Can you buy yeah, some Cutco knives? Do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he, um, he, he apparently he one of his like side side jobs, like just a fun thing he does because he lives down there, is he's a security guard at the Masters for like the past fifteen years, and he heads up this one area. Right. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll put you in as a referral. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm kind of a package deal. My brother and I have to go. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So this was like March. He told me to do this. He was just like, yeah, like follow up with me next year. We'll get it all squared away. Follow up with me in November. So I, I Tyler, I literally set like 50 alarms on my phone and all this stuff. And I followed up with him and I was like, Hey, like, I don't know if you remember me, Cutco guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get you all squared away. So we end up, uh, filling out all this application stuff, take a drug test, all these things. And like, it's literally like a $12 an hour job, which my brother and I both work in sales and we yeah. do well for ourselves. And it's just funny. We request off from work for two weeks <laughs> to go to the masters. And uh, I told my buddy, I was like, Hey, we've been to the masters as fans. So we've walked the grounds, right? We've done the cool stuff. And I kind of negotiated and I said, I was just like, Hey, like, I really want to be on the course. Like, I don't want to be a security guard checking, like bat checking, like, you know, yeah. like parking and stuff like that. Cause there are security guards doing that. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll do my best getting on, on the course. Long story short for the past three years, um, three years, yeah, I guess two, two years, two years. Uh, I've been working, Rick and I have been working security at the practice putting green at the master. So if you come up to the practice putting green, um, that's where Rick and I work security. And, uh, so like my job is to escort every single golfer from the clubhouse to the practice putting. That is crazy. And then like, you know, we patrol the area and then Rick takes them from the practice putting green to the first tee box. So like 
you know, literally if Tiger Woods is right in front of me, I'll be like blocking people from Tiger. Right. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty epic. And Rick and I were very fortunate to be there in 2019 when Tiger won and uh-huh. we were 18th green, uh, watching the last putt go in and the place was just madness. Like you see those pictures and yeah. turn to glory. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's the story. And it's just been a blast. It's been, we're very fortunate to, to do that. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing it 2019, 2021, 2022. Um, so yeah. Y'all doing it this year? Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. Hey, well, if four people back out and you need four more guys to be security <laughs> guards, you know who to call. I'll be there immediately. I'll yeah, tell you my, we're taking sick days. Maybe, PTO. Maybe, maybe we can refer somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, we don't have to bring the. I didn't show up to the to the episode tonight. We'll just bring the two of us. Late <laughs> <laughs> Late's actually been in the Masters. His grandpa knew somebody that had tickets, and they didn't yeah. go that year. But of course, he always says he wishes he could redo it to to now because he was younger. He was like 13 years yeah. old. Didn't really yeah. understand the allure of the Masters and what it was. And now he's like, we we actually had the cups in our college apartment. And that's what we would always drink out of. We had a party one time, and someone tried to walk out with that cup. Oh no, we were chasing him down the street. Like, ah, no, no, no to go. Security guard for that moment. This cup is not leaving the apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was our training. Yeah, exactly. I got an email today. It said Augusta National. Get your get your package now. I was like. Oh my gosh, what is this? I thought I like somehow got picked for the lottery. It was get your catering package for Augusta <laughs> National for the Masters. Buy your pimento cheese sandwiches and all that. I, 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 I may, I may or may not have already ordered. <laughs> Rick, you already ordered. You already sent. You already sent me and a bunch of people the confirmation order. Yeah, there they, you go. That's already coming to the house. Yeah. Well, I mean the the deal. It's, it wasn't that expensive, and just getting the memorabilia alone is probably yeah. worth the price. Yeah, it's worth so. it. I might have to order some for the for the Masters watch party I'm going to be hosting. We'll see. I love it. I love well, it. When we're uh, when they're when we're down there, um, I'll uh, I'll grab your cell phones because I obviously have Slack, but we don't have any access. It's actually really cool. Um, you're not allowed to have your cell phones on you. Right. There, obviously, you know that everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they have are uh, free payphone booths, so it's it's like a line of them, and you can just call people. So you got to write down everyone's number on a piece of paper because no one remembers <laughs> numbers. So uh, when I'm there, I'll have to pick up some swag for you guys in the pro shop. Yeah. And uh, you'll just have to like Venmo me or something like that. that. that yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's yeah. Cause it's, I'm always yeah. looking like how did, you know, every year around masters, it pops up on Facebook, sell it masters. <laughs> here, and it's like four times the price of what they oh, pay for in the pro yeah. shop. Yeah. Oh, we, always, we always go with like a laundry list of like a oh, dozen of our buddies and what they want and the sizes. And then we just ship it out and yeah, square up after, but no, it's exactly. great, man. It's great. It's one of the most, I look at it as being like the most perfect place in the world. And what I mean by that is like, even if you're not a golf fan and you just want to like enjoy nature and the beauty of like, the trees and the flowers, the grass. I've beautiful. Been, I've been looking for years to try to find a weed anywhere. <laughs> and I can't find a weed anywhere on the property. That might get you kicked out of your security job. If you see one, just pull it and put it in your <laughs> yeah, pocket. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's as if somebody is hand-placed like uh, the pine cone straw around the, the course. It's just like immaculate. 
Well, so they got a course in Houston called 418, which I think they might have one near Dallas. Like a uh, someone, I think these two brothers started it, and they they make recreate all of the top courses and or holes in golf, and they have Amen Corner. And uh, one of the the guys I work with, uh, his uh, cousin was the course designer for this course, and he actually got sued by uh, you know Augusta National because it was so close to how it actually is. Wow. So they had to change a few things. They had like um, the plaque and everything, I think, at the par five. So they had to take that off and stuff and move the tee box. But when I played it two or three times, and uh, the last time I played it, we played a scramble tournament. We actually birdied every hole in Amen Corner, so I could say that I can do that. You know, maybe not to Augusta standards, but to Houston standards. That's so but cool. It looks just like it. They have the scoreboard up from the last year's uh, winners and everything. Wow. It, yeah, it's not Augusta, Georgia, but it's like just there. It's beautiful, and it's like, man, I can't imagine what it's like in person. Yeah. I love that. And, well, uh, one day you guys will get there. And uh, uh, just because it's so rele- uh, relevant, uh, full swing is out. So right, uh, I've been watching that. Series. And episode two. You'll mm-hmm. actually see Rick and myself as security guards at the really? Masters. Yeah, man, I'm gonna I'll have to. I have to go re back and rewatch the second episode and just just pause every every frame. They yeah. show security. Yeah, guards. our our friend literally recorded it and sent it over to us and was just like, episode two, minute like two twenty two or something like that. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow, that, that that show's pretty cool. I started watching it yesterday. I'm already five episodes through. So perks are working wow. from home. Love the dedication there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching. Love watching the Tiger. there. Yeah, three o'clock. Boom. Turn <laughs> turn it on my phone. People are trying to call me for work. I'm like, hold on, Tiger's playing. Calm <laughs> down now. We'll answer these questions tomorrow. We'll end. We'll end it on your predictions for the Genesis this weekend. Who do we got? Well, I mean, after like the hot start Max Holmes got, he well he won there last year. It was the last year that he that he won at the Genesis. That's kind Walk, of or, Joaquin Joaquin Neiman. That's right. Last year, but he's on the live tour now. Yeah, home. I, feel, I don't know why I feel like Holmes won at the Genesis, but it was somewhere in LA that he won. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, or he won a few weeks ago. Uh, but you know, obviously, he comes out to a hot start. He's seven under. Ty, uh, Ty, what did Tiger finish at? Was it one over par? He was uh, one over the last time I checked, going into like, uh, fourteen. Watching, watching Tiger, I want, I want him to win again. Like it'd just be amazing. But I know that that, that time is probably faded. And now it's just the fact that he's out there on a golf course and walking is a miracle in its own. Uh, but I was telling the guys, I was watching it. Every shot is so stressful. It's like a fan of his. Like, oh no, don't do that, don't do that. Like he had a. Um, the short par four that you can drive. He he hit it into the ru- or into the bunker, and then good bunker shot, and then it ran off the green into the next bunker. I was like, oh my gosh, he's got to climb into a bunker now. But uh, no, I think I think Max is probably going to get it done. He's having that Scotty Scheffler moment like Scotty had last year. Yeah, we need him too. We have a future on him to to take the U.S. Open. Yeah, we uh we signed up and shoot, y'all have y'all have it with with belly up on DraftKings or was it DraftKings? Uh, yeah, it was DraftKings. Um, you know, you bet five dollars on the Super Bowl, you got like two hundred dollars in free play. Yeah. I said, Tyler, the U.S. Open is in uh L.A. You know, Maxwell was uh kind of home area. Let's put it. Let's take one of these free bets, throw it on Max to win it. It was like plus thirty six hundred odds. I was like, hey. Let it ride. It's free money. Just see what happens. So, but what? Who? Who's y'all's picks for uh, for the Genesis this weekend? 
I got to go with John Rom. I really like John Rom. Rob and I, we were out in Scottsdale for my uh, bachelor party this past Labor Day week and got a chance to okay. tee up at ASU's course and uh, spend some time over there at that uh, place. And uh, yeah, just love ASU and uh, John Rom. He's you know been number one in the world uh, time and time again. Uh, he'll get back to it, I'm sure, before the his career is done with. But definitely. Um, I think he's got a little, you know, he's got a little something right now going on. It wouldn't surprise me if he uh, hoisted a major championship this year. Oh, I think one's definitely coming for sure. I'm looking, I'm looking at the leaderboard right now and, you know, I want to be different. Obviously Homa and Rom, I love like they're they're great guys. And, uh, we shared this with Joey on our podcast and we were just saying, having the opportunity to be security guards at the masters, we get to see how they interact with fans Mm-hmm. And that's who I like really like. And like Homa and Rom are just like so great with the fans and the little kids. So it's like, you can't yeah. not root for them. Um, but considering we had Steven Sweeney on and he's the new putting coach for Colin Morikawa and Colin Morikawa is yeah. four under today. That's uh, I just, I saw his name pop up there. Or, no, he just, he, Oh, he just moved to five under. California so, man too. Yeah, California he just man. moved to five under. Must have birdied. He, the he's, He's T4 right now yep. with uh, Matt Kusher and Harris English. Exactly. Ooch, ooch, yeah. Ooch. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Colin Morikawa uh, hopping on the Stephen Sweeney bandwagon. Uh, Stephen Sweeney coached Joaquin Neiman last year when he mm-hmm. won, so uh, it'll be kind of cool. He's got that new, like, claw grip. Uh, I've tried to emulate it on the course. doesn't work for me. But it works for – hey, if it works for Colin, he needs to keep, keep rocking and rolling with it. Yeah. And I, I was uh, I was listening actually when Sweeney was talking about teaching Colin like the fundamentals of putting, and uh, I don't know if y'all y'all follow the the four play guys over at Barstool Sports, but mm-hmm. what yeah. they did a, they did an interview with Colin back uh, at the Tournament of Champions, and um, he was talking about how you know he's a professional golfer, and the last thing you would think is to learn how to putt again and like just understanding putting. And people think, oh, it's putting. You you have the ball sitting there, and you just roll the rock, and you go backwards and forwards. But it's the uh, golf is just amazes me the science behind it, and that's that's honestly why I'm so addicted to it now yeah. and getting into it and trying to you know you got that one shot that always brings you. Trust back, me, so. he didn't know a damn thing about golf in high school or near in college until no. like this year and like in a couple of years after. Yeah, I he's got the sticks right there, though. The yeah, I, I added them to, to get a little bit of uh, character in the uh, in the room because it's just blank walls. I mean, we moved into this house a month ago and haven't had the opportunity to hang anything up yet. It looks like it looks like you just got off the range or got off the course, and you were like, "Shit, I got a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I, gotta, I almost went today, but dude, it's so cold here. It's like forty-five and whipping twenty-five mile an hour winds. Wow. You hit a driver in on the range, it goes maybe fifty yards and blows back at you. <laughs> Tyler, who's your favorite Genesis this weekend? Uh, I like Colin Morikawa, too. That was uh, my pick uh, going into it. Uh, but I've always been a fan of Ricky Fowler, so hopefully he can start getting on hot streak again. I, I just feel like he's been close every year, every year. So hopefully this is the year that he finally gets it done. That'd be something. I'd, I'm yeah. We're all rooting for him. That'd be really cool. Yeah. The good guys out on tour. Definitely, definitely. Well, Y'all, I appreciate y'all hopping on tonight. It was fun just to sit and listen. I told Ty, I said, I got, I got nothing. Uh, in my notes, I have, what's the craziest place you've been yeah. to? And what's it like Open working for the Masters? <laughs> so we'll just let him roll with it and see how it goes. We're not short on content, fellas. If you ever want to have us again back on, it would be our pleasure to join you two. And 
Uh, tell the rest of the crew that we said hi and Definitely. keep up the great work, man. The sports scrambles where it's at. I, I appreciate it. Y'all want to? Uh, we'll let you you plug your your socials and, and your podcast. Tell tell the uh, audience where they can find you. Go ahead, Rob. Give them all the ats. Yeah, Brothers Brand podcast on all streaming platforms. Uh, the Brothers Brand YouTube channel. Uh, Robbie B Sports uh, for TikTok and then Instagram. Uh, the Brothers Brandt, you can find me at Robbie B Sports. Rick's on Instagram too. I tag him. Uh, we're going to be coming out with some cool, uh, cool stuff on TikTok. That's where I'm going to put a lot of our stuff and YouTube, and obviously streaming platforms too. But we're gonna we're gonna do some golf content. I oh. found I found the real life Happy Gilmore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you go on my TikTok. It's got like 350, 340 thousand views or something like wow. that. Cool. So. And I'm just working on a little side project with my MySpace account, so I should have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that back. <laughs> All right, fellas. Good Ricky on the beat out here. So, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. See you guys. Yeah, get y'all hopping on. We'll have you on again. Yeah, yeah for sure.